Hello and welcome to another mini-sode. Today we are recapping 2021 as we reach the holiday and also as we enter 2022. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hotshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. J.J., 2021 was a big year. Rachel. It was unprecedented in many ways. Yeah. You know, I, good, I, heard, I heard that they wanted to uh, outlaw that word unprecedented, but uh, uh, I think we can honestly say that it was an unprecedented year. Yeah. Uh, when we consider all of the things that have happened, um, it's hard to believe that for uh, 12 months uh, since January 1st, the sheer volume of work that mm-hmm. we have engaged in. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember early on in January, uh, the pre-planning for the COVID vaccine? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was. And it was wild. I don't think I did much for my normal job responsibilities for probably at least a month. Oh, at maybe least. Maybe six weeks. At least. And then you decided that you would leave me for a few months, <laughs> um, which was very challenging in the middle of COVID to lose your number one. Uh, and only, uh, you know, director of marketing <laughs> right. for a small rural hospital uh, where you were the glue to this hospital. And that was that I tell you, I um, I I, cha- I was challenged during that period. But, you know, when we think about early days, it was uh, rolling out the covid vaccine mm-hmm. and uh, even to the chagrin of uh, some people on articles and uh, stories that were written right. saying that we came to the market too fast, which we didn't right. we saved lives. Um, the, but it was the whole a, jump the line narrative yeah. got really thrown in our face when oh, we yeah. really, I mean, you know, we just Followed the rules. were very effective and very efficient and we yeah. moved at a faster pace than what the state was moving at. Yeah, we don't need bureaucracy right. here. And we did. And we got uh, people vaccinated within days of receiving the vaccine. Right. We didn't sit on it like most places did. And I think for those purposes, we saved lives, a tremendous amount Absolutely. of lives in our community. But you think about it early on. Uh, we had to develop uh, a system for tracking uh, what we would call customers, patients, mm-hmm. uh, individuals getting vaccinated. Uh, we had to go. You spent a lot of time in research looking for uh, software programs that would be effective for us. Remember mm-hmm. all those days? Oh, yeah. Eventbrite. I remember I used one that I basically manhandled into <laughs> becoming an appropriate registration yeah. system. And after about a month of that, I was like, this can't happen oh, it anymore. Rough. It was yes. rough, man. And then we found Eventbrite, which has been great. We did. And it's it's <laughs> relatively painless. Um, right. Easy to use. But, you know, I reflect upon those early days and, and we've often described it as a rock concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, people running literally to get vaccinated. Right. Uh, for those people that wanted it, you know, there was certainly an outcry for it. And uh, every every event we held, every vaccination clinic full. Mm-hmm. Full. Actually, if you recall, when we first put those calendar invites out, they'd be full within minutes. Oh, yeah. Minutes. And um, I remember, you know, how many minutes does it take? Five minutes to fill it mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, obviously, the um, the numbers grew smaller and smaller. Right. Uh, but ultimately, that came with a tremendous amount of work, Rachel. And, mm-hmm. you know, who would have ever thought that 2021 would bring what we have seen in many areas? But with the virus you know, mutating and uh, all the concerns uh, and who would have thought? Honestly, that our vaccination rates would still be so low. Right. You know, a lot of work has been done to try to vaccinate America. A mm-hmm. lot of work has been done to try to vaccinate rural America. Right. Where a large portion of our population exists. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very concerning uh, that we, you know, still are fighting that challenge in 2021. But, you know, throughout all of this, Rachel, you have to reflect on not only were we fighting the pandemic, but we're running business. Right. 
We're right. developing new service lines. We're running new strategies. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that hospitals that fail are hospitals that just focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. And I know y'all thought I was crazy. And I'm going to use your word, y'all, uh, thought I was crazy. <laughs> it's that a grammatically correct contraction. You can take that check to the bank yes. and cash okay. it. Okay. <laughs> and with your friends there, it's all y'all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do recall, though, some looks in the room when we're so heavy focused on COVID. And I'm talking about opening new stores and service lines and, you know, we're moving in this mm-hmm. and we're buying a building and I, I think the the sentiment in the room was this is too much mm-hmm. um, and the problem is if we don't push and we don't push uh, there goes rural health right and if we were just only focused uh, on COVID, then mm-hmm. the hospital does not do well. Right. And a lot of hospitals failed in 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we we know the numbers from 2010, but what's even more scary is what the forecast is in the future for these right. hospitals who all they could do is, Rachel, many of them, all they could do is focus on COVID, right? right. right. Critical access hospitals, overwhelmed with COVID patients. They mm-hmm. There was no such thing as a growth strategy. Right. Exhausted staff. We just were crazy because we were work long hours, right? Right. You right. and I are texting each other at midnight yeah. saying, Rachel, yeah. what's going on? Watch we're, this. I think we're workaholics, but also yeah. because we really we we love to. what we do. And, and we had to. Yeah. we. You, sometimes you just got to do what you yeah. do. And it's a, it, it's a season, you know, and we've had times where that's more frequent and we are working crazier hours and then times where we're not, Yeah. Um, which is good. But we well, you, there's you, so much, you know, work to be done and we want to make sure our staff have all the support and everything that they need. Yeah. Um, so it's just... It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Now, you know, so on the operational side, you know, we were able to, to turn some of these new programs into revenue. Right. And we're one of a handful of hospitals that actually made money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't make it off the government, right? Right. We actually made money off operations. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do uh, in today's in rural, environment in rural, in rural America. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a busy year for you, too. I yes. mean, you had a lot going on personally. Yes, uh, I you did. had a lot going on uh, here at the office. And you transitioned a lot of our programs. You built uh, a tremendous amount of marketing material. Um, I just reflect on, you know, changing our logos and mm-hmm. all of these, putting out a new mission, vision, and value statement, yeah. Rachel. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, that sustainability? We had to keep working. What types of things did you do during the pandemic? Right. So um, I had a baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. So that was uh, interesting to have a baby during a pandemic. Um, But I also, you know, I did have a a certain amount of guilt of like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be there for three months. Like, am I leaving my team in in the lurch, you know? Um, But uh, during that time, it, it was nice, honestly, to have um, that little bit of a break. Who would think that taking care of a newborn could feel like a break? But when you work in healthcare in a pandemic, it truly does. It does. Um, so, you know, but we we did before I um, went on maternity leave. We, many of you listening may not have even realized that that happened because we recorded hmm. sometimes two and three podcast episodes um, a week. Or more. <laughs> and usually we did them in the same day. We so did. we would do like marathon three hour podcast recording sessions. Um And we got all those done ahead of time so that we could keep that going. Um, And, you know, that I think was really helpful to making sure we were able to continue sustaining and building um, an audience for this show. And um, we have 
continued to see more and more people who are finding us, who are listening to the podcast, especially from outside of our area, which I think is the biggest testament to what we're doing, because that was our goal, right, was to raise the awareness about rural health um, across America. And this is just one of the, you know, tactics that we have, one of our strategies to do that. Sure. Um, But as a hospital, we really, we had actually started, if you remember, (laughs) um, as a uh, three-month-old employee of yours. I'd only been here for three months. um, And I was like, I think we need to consider a Mm rebrand. And to my shock and amazement, you were like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, we brought in. Because I knew it was going to be a lot of work for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You were like, all right. If you want to tackle it, it's all yours. It's your funeral. Exactly. um, But so we brought in uh, Suzanne Hendry, who is the chief marketing officer at Renown um, in Reno, Nevada. Her, uh, Her CEO. Dr. Tony Slonim has been a two-time guest on this show, Um, but we called her to come in as kind of a guest speaker for us, and we did a summit with our all of our managers, and we you know started this process. That was November of 2019. Was it that we did that? Yes. No. Yes. It was cold. I do remember that being upstairs in the Dow Center. Yes, it was. uh, And she flew in, and it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It was great, and then. We started, we also had outside of that, that was our entire management team. And then the actual work moving forward was um, being handed to our core brand team, which was about 12 of us. And we had two meetings and then COVID. Yeah. So we, you know, we put that on pause for quite a while. Had to. Um, And we also, you know, with your transition becoming the CEO and really focusing more on the growth strategy and trying to look at, um, you know, what are the things we need to do to move this hospital forward for another 106 years? Amen. And one of the things we wanted to look at was our mission, vision, and values, which you and I had talked about a long time ago as well. Absolutely. and in doing that, you know, we're rolling that out to staff. We still have the old ones up on the wall in some places because it's going to be, you know, a slow process to get all that done. Um, but in the process, we I said, OK, we're also working on a lot of signage for a lot of our uh, facilities oh, yeah. um, that needed to be done and updated. And so I propose to you, let's add a stacked version of our logo so that we can include the name of the clinic sort of as part of the logo, mm-hmm. but then also it still be recognizable as Hillsdale Hospital. Right. So it's a little clearer for people and it's easier to design a sign that way. Um, and so I, I mocked that up. I put that together. And then you were like, what if we just straighten out the, these curves right here on the logo? Yeah. And I was like, well, OK, let me look at that. So then I mocked that up. And then you were like, <laughs> what if we do this? What if we just change it? Remember that one you mocked up when you first got here and yeah. We're playing with our logo right. like five minutes into the job. Six I minutes, like, I think it oh, was. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I pulled that back out and then combined it with a couple other things. And we accidentally Voila. Uh, decided to have a new logo yeah. in the middle of all this. So yeah. that also, again, I, I kind of call it a soft rebrand. It was. Because it's going to be happening over time that we're going to update it. But it, it was also symbolic because through COVID, we have really been able to... Um, strengthen our relationship with our community, with our community members. And it's a more direct relationship. Um, A lot of it because of, you know, we're doing the radio programs every Friday for our community. We do our Facebook Live every single week. And we're really wanting to make sure that our 
community has an opportunity to communicate with the hospital oh, absolutely. directly. Um, and so we do that and we're able to engage with folks. And, you know, when we were doing the vaccination clinics, uh, remember how many people were coming up to us and were like, I love your Facebook lives. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for doing that. Such good information. I love when you bring on guests who are the experts in all these different oh, yeah. areas and things. Phenomenal. Um, we did have a couple of people who were um, debating with us on which one of us can talk, talk more. more. Who can and out talk who, And you right? won. Clearly you right? won. Oh, yeah, totally. Sure. Well, and early on, we, you know, we started out by calling it Fake News Friday. Right. And right. Uh, that uh, we changed that. Obviously, mm-hmm. just to it's an update, you know, it's right. your, it's your right. Facebook Live update. Yeah. Um, but let me take you back. You you and I are both somewhat political and uh, you've run for office and I've ran uh, office holders mm-hmm. uh, for office as campaign managers of many, many, many campaigns. And um, one of the things that I did early on during the pandemics, if you recall, I called you in my office and I said, Rachel, let's take this from a perspective of how you win elections. And mm-hmm. let's get some yard signs. Yes. And let's oh, yeah. get some banners and let's get some. And we did that. Yeah. And Rachel, I'm not kidding. Now, you live about an hour and 10 mm-hmm. minutes away. Closer to an hour. Hour away. Yeah. So you really didn't see everything that I could see as I'm driving around the county every day. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, on your way in, you had to see the signs. Oh, I still see them on my I way in. I still see them. And it's been a yeah. year. Yep. And I still see them in a lot of places. Hillsdale Strong. Mm-hmm. And we actually changed some of our, our tagging to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what was amazing is to drive throughout our community. And this mm-hmm. didn't happen in a lot of communities. You know, we gave out these yard signs and they were going like absolute hotcakes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just left and right. People were taking them. We were getting we were ordering hundreds and hundreds at a time. And uh, we we couldn't drive anywhere in the county. On any road, and mm-hmm. I say this with all sincerity, in our county of 47,000 people and not see a Hillsdale Strong, Hillsdale Hospital yeah. yard sign. And mm-hmm. what that spoke was volumes you know, to the relationship that our community plays with us and that we play with our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We give a tremendous back amount of money back to our community mm-hmm. uh, through community benefit. We help take charity care of the care. charity care, underinsured, uninsured. And then we give beyond that, right? Right. To our foundations mm-hmm. and to different types of organizations. So... Our community, we've given and our community gave back. Mm -hmm. And it was really amazing to watch that. You know, not a lot of hospitals enjoy that type of a relationship in their community. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes they're they're the bad people. You know, they're I never go to that place. But we have a good loyal following in in rural health. And so it kind of brings us back to that concept of why do we need to rebrand? Why did we need to look at changing our name to Hillsdale Hospital? For those of you listening, our name used to be Hillsdale Community Health Center. It was confused as a rural health clinic. It was confused Mm -hmm. as a critical access, FQHC. And so everybody's like, this is confusing. And within a very small time frame, we changed it to Hillsdale Hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we changed a little bit about who we are and what we do and really had an outward focus on growing the hospital. And through that, you know, we understood that that strategy alone at first Mm -hmm. was going to be what sustains rural health. Truly. Right. You've got to have a vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Right. So we had to have a mission, a vision, a value. But you also had to have a product. And at the time, we really didn't have a product. You came in um, and you went a little bit faster even than I went. And I went fast uh, in terms of my work. And, you know, we we watched as the world changed. Mm-hmm. Um, we changed some of our messaging. Um, but at the focal point of all of it, let's not forget, 
It's about the patient. Right. And I think that is what has steadied us through mm-hmm. this storm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never been about you or I. Right. We didn't get bonuses for getting so many COVID patients and none mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah. There are hospital CEOs and executives across the country who were rewarded for their days of high census. We don't do that. Right. And um, so it was a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many cases, I cut out like seven administration spots right. to be able to sustain what we had at the hospital during mm-hmm. the time. We didn't know what we didn't know. Right. The governor of the state at the time had shut down surgeries. So mm-hmm. all of that to say to those listening today, um, as we reinvent rural health, mm-hmm. you know, and we revive it and it rises like that phoenix out of the ash, uh, you know, we think to ourselves, you know, how can this look different? And not only did you ask that question, but we made it happen. Right. And who would have ever thought that we'd be doing neurosurgery in a mm-hmm. small community hospital? Mm-hmm. Who would think that we would have three urologists and right. in, in all of the specialty care? A cares? pulmonology team. Team. Which, I Not mean, just one talk person. about a, an important change, which I know, which was part of your growth strategy and you pushed to make this happen. But to have inpatient pulmonology care again, which until September 1st of yeah. this year, we have not had inpatient pulmonology care here for a very long time. And can you imagine, because that's really when our numbers started kicking up really high with COVID and also when hospitals started having no beds and yes. diversion started and we had trouble transferring people. Can you imagine what would have happened if we didn't have inpatient pulmonology care? Because typically the patients that our pulmonologists are seeing up on the floor in the hospital, they would be transferred out. Absolutely. Because we didn't have it. And we wouldn't have been able to send them anywhere. Dozens. Right. You know, my my hospital's director tells me dozens. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you look at rebranding rural health, and and often I'm asked that question from other rural CEOs is, you know, how are we going to sustain this? You know, I'm I'm losing money. I'm I'm losing doctors. I'm losing staff. And the only thing I can tell them is you got to grow it. Right. And I know that sounds like well that that doesn't make any sense because what are you growing? You've got you've got to capture your market. Mm-hmm. You got to know where your market's going, and you got to know why. Many times you trace right. that back, and it's because your staff aren't friendly, or your processes are too long, mm-hmm. or your wait times are too long, or um, you've been in town for 106 years, and, and you just people have it. a telescoping memory. If yeah. there was a bad experience anyone in their family had, it could have been. 50 years 50 ago. Year, oh, I hear it. That's very hard to overcome. It's hard. It's hard. Or you can just exist. Right. And I'm going to be candid with you. We were, for a period of time, just existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't do that. You can do it, but you can't do it long term. Right. Uh, you can get by you won't last a year long. or two and you can eat some cash on hand. But ultimately, without a vision and without growth, um, your hospital closes mm-hmm. or it looks dramatically different. You, right. you lose programs and you lose providers and we start losing providers, you lose confidence of the mm-hmm. people. So, you know, part of what we are doing with Rural Health Rising is raising that awareness. How do you keep your local hospital sustainable? Right. Now, we know there are some hospitals that simply can't do it. Right. You know, let's say you're surrounded by four other hospitals, mm-hmm. you're in a smaller geographical location, and there's already, you know, you got the worst infrastructure uh, in those places. Well, you've got to step back and say, what are we doing? Right. 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 You may have the lowest quality, but, you know, you can't also be haughty enough that if you're the only game in town to think, right. well, we've got it. We're fine. There's never been a day that I have ever woke up and said, we own the market. 
Never. Right. I am fighting every day for every patient that mm-hmm. I can. I'm mm-hmm. ensuring that we're having conversations with patients and their families, following up on complaints. You see the comment cards that I throw mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So so ultimately, all of this is done to preserve rural health. Right. And you have seen rural health. You've worked in rural health. Mm-hmm. But you have, you know, one, I think one of the, the, the strengths is you came from outside the Hillsdale Hospital, you know, market. Mm-hmm. And you brought a guy here by the name of Eric Doden. Mm-hmm. Um, episode four, we episode talked to him. Episode four. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about what that means to rural economies, you know, having something like that. Right, right. So, um, you know, so before I came to Hillsdale Hospital, um, I did work in, uh, well, I did some consulting work for a while. and then, um, before, But before that, I worked in economic development. Um, and Eric Doden was my boss um, when I worked at the chamber in Fort Wayne. And he had previously been the uh, president of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, appointed by Mike Pence when he was governor. And, um, you know, Eric, you and Eric remind me of each other because you both are people who push really hard and have a big vision and are go after it with tenacity. You have different styles, yeah. but that that element to push and to grow and to not ever, you know, sit back on your laurels and just, you know, say, oh, we're good. Now yeah. we're comfortable. We're fine. Um, but when when we think about economic development, hospitals are often one of the largest employers in their communities, particularly in rural um, either the largest or the second largest, um, or top three maybe, but yeah. most of the time it's one Typically. of those two. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and so when you think about the way that a rural economy is affected when a rural hospital closes, but not even then, when a rural hospital has to cut services. Oh yeah. And you have to you you lose service lines. That's working people yes. that no longer are employed. That affects their family directly. Um, that affects their ability to pay their mortgage. It, it affects their ability to pay, to pay taxes. If we're you know, and the less the smaller tax base you have, the less your community can continue to invest in itself, maintain its infrastructure, um, do more. And then, how do you attract more residents to your community and sustain mm-hmm. your community long term when you're just trying to scrape by because you've already been losing your tax base? So um, you know, there there are a lot of there's a human cost with that, but there's also an economic cost that goes beyond you know one single household um, and their their income and income earners. You know, Rachel, it, paramount to who economic development is a, a solid healthcare system. Mm-hmm. It is. Because why would industries and manufacturing want to move into a community where there's no health care? Right. Why would they, you know, their, their risk management program would mm-hmm. tank. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have watched here at Hillsdale, we employ roughly 500. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant amount of employees, but right. we generate the revenue that then we purchase the groceries from yes. Market House, and yes. you know we're doing it's all local of those businesses. things. Absolutely. So, so as you know, well as our employees who have an income and... <laughs> who also patronize their businesses. Exactly. Right. And so what what really grinds me is that uh, this this acquisition issue, mm-hmm. you know, merger, they call them M&As, mergers and acquisitions. We've tackled mm-hmm. that before on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that I fundamentally wholeheartedly right. disagree with it. Same. Uh, because of the danger that it imposes on s- shutting down small hospitals. Mm-hmm. And we've watched it. We, we, can, we can cite places where communities have been devastated from it. So my fight, and I've shared this before, for, for a very small window, me and you mm-hmm. are here for such a time as this. Right. Now, we'll move on. It may mm-hmm. be 30 years, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But in the span of time, right. 30 years is really nothing. And we'll transition this off to somebody else. So so we have to be we can't be, uh, you know, so 
into ourselves and mm-hmm. have so much hubris that this is about us. It's never about us. Right. Right. This is about as our giving, former CEO would say, Duke, the camp is not for the counselors. It's not. It's not. It's for the campers and the hospitals for the patients. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not for anyone else. And we've got to grow this as if it's theirs. It's right. not mine. Doesn't belong to me. I'm entrusted to it. Mm-hmm. You're entrusted to it. Mm-hmm. You have a huge entrustment endowment. Mm-hmm. You have that you're responsible for. Oh, yeah. You're overseeing how we communicate with the public and what that message is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in rural health, you know that relationship is critical. And so when you look at all of those those opportunities that we have, you know where Hillsdale Hospital stepped up, and we have, you know, we've sustained a local economy. We have we have grown. We have brought our community through to the best so far of our ability, a pandemic, mm-hmm. um, all at the same time, understanding that we have to have a vision. Right. So it's, it's been, it's been a journey, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been a rewarding year, but, uh, now that we got 2021 out of the way, mm-hmm. you know, on every episode, we usually ask, you know, tell us your most rural experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this. What is your vision for 2022, as you see it in your department for rural Mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it can be, what do we expect out of the program? What do we expect moving forward? So in your mind, if Mm -hmm. if you could look at an opportunity to impact something major in 2022, Mm -hmm. and what is it? You know, I would like to see... So the the again the goal of this podcast was to um, bring this conversation out. Not just we have uh, an excellent association in the in the National Rural Health Association. Um, they do excellent work. We get great um, information from them, and they advocate so strongly for us um, at the at the federal level. Um, but. We wanted to be able to also share the story of rural health from the perspective of a hospital. So mm-hmm. it's just a different approach. Um, but, you know, I would like to see the opportunity to engage more with rural hospitals, um, maybe not just in conversations, but in things we can do collectively and taking more action related to this. Um, and I don't necessarily know what that is. Um, in some cases, it might be collaboratives with yeah. local um other other local rural hospitals, yeah. but it may be you know a rural hospital in another state or across the country that we find ways to support each other or work together. Um, and, and I think a big part of the growth strategy and the th- everything you just talked about and our our goals um, here with Hillsdale Hospital, if we are going to be so bold as to um, you know speak for, in some sense, for rural health care mm-hmm. in America, um, we need to have our own ducks in a row, right? Absolutely. We need to um, be above reproach and set the example of That's right. doing some of the hard things and, and pushing when it's not easy. Um, and so, you know, I Absolutely. think I know we'll continue to do that. Uh, but I would like to see us be able to grow this uh, audience base more. And, right. um, you know, any of our, our listeners who have rural health care um, perspectives or, or a relationship to rural health care in some way, just like, you know, we've done economic development. Uh, we've talked about we've talked with people from, um, you know, different industries, anything yeah. that relates to health care in some way. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if we have listeners who are who have an area of expertise or right. experience or interest, um, you know, I'd love to hear from some of our listeners who could end up being guests on, on oh, the absolutely. podcast who have listened themselves. Yeah. Um, and facing similar challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of guests on here from rural hospitals up mm-hmm. north 
to to big hospitals in in Nevada. Right. You know, and right. and the you follow similar themes. Mm-hmm. We're all inundated right now. We're all facing the great resignation and right. retirement. Uh, and those are going to be some of the challenges mm-hmm. that we face. But mm-hmm. I, I would concur with you. I yeah. think that, and ultimately, uh, I think I would like to see, and I know you share this vision, see Hillsdale Hospital recognized nationally um, as a well, and you know that's part of our vision. It is <laughs> specifically so. Our new vision Literally. is through strong local governance, we will lead the nation in defining and advancing the role of rural yes. health providers. And I firmly believe um, that. So I would like to see us, you know, make some real progress in that area um, over this next year, and and really to be able to to grow our influence because it's not just about Hillsdale Hospital. If it was, this would be Hillsdale Hospital rising, right? <laughs> but it's bigger than that. Absolutely, Rachel, you you said it beautifully, and. Uh, it is my desire and my passion as well. You know, when I look for uh, opportunities in 2022, um, first and foremost is I'm, I want to get through a lot of our growth strategy in the first six months. Mm-hmm. I want to get our dialysis in place. I want to mm-hmm. move our cancer in place. I want to get infusion in place. I want wound care open. I get my new providers here for, you know, orthopedics and all those things. Uh, purchase a couple practices, move into a new territory up north, uh, and and build some strong alliances. And so that's an aggressive schedule for six months. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to build a strategic plan mm-hmm. that I present to the board. Historically, we've always come together and spend two days off campus. COVID doesn't afford us that opportunity right. anymore. We're, right. I'm going to build it. Uh, we're going to have input from board members, input from management, mm-hmm. and I'm going to push that out. So we're going to we're going to come to fruition on our growth strategy that we set out on. Mm-hmm. We're going to put together our strategic plan over the next uh, two to three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to do the impossible. We are going to make a national appeal mm-hmm. uh, for rural health. Mm-hmm. And we are going to do that, in my mind, in several avenues. But first and foremost, um, we have to get our legislative bodies in, in order. Right. And what that means is... You know, we need a legislation to preserve rural health. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I are going to be going to Washington. Yeah. And we're probably going to be flying off to Washington because I gave you a new title recently, uh, Government Affairs. Mm-hmm. And you and I are going to be flying to D.C. Uh, to talk to legislators across mm-hmm. this country. Uh, and that's probably going to be, you know, towards fall of next year when we get through these initiatives. And we're going to be lobbying hard yes. for legislation, right. congressional Yes. Legislation, because this is not an issue that can be solved through. It, it's not an operations issue, it is not. and I think that's a, a misconception not. that yes. it's an operations issue no. with rural that we don't know how to budget or absolutely, you not. know, don't know, no. you know, how to how to run hospitals. No. That's not the case. Absolutely not. There needs to be sustainability uh, for rural hospitals across America. Uh, there needs to be uplifts given for mm-hmm. those hospitals. Uh, and in consideration, there needs to be a ways and mechanisms to retain and recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, physicians and healthcare workers to rural areas. Right. We know that rural America is not attractive to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When they graduate med school, they're looking for, uh, in many cases, they're looking for the glitz and the glamour. They're mm-hmm. looking for, you know, their spouse wants shopping malls and places to go eat and and dining, and mm-hmm. they want all of the greatness for theater and all those yeah. things. And or rural, their their spouse wants to be able to work in an industry in that industry maybe themselves. is not present maybe in a rural it's so, community. It's such a niche, right? That only that only larger cities. So. We need to incentivize mm-hmm. those type of moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to incentivize rural health instead of punishing it. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that sequestration uh, is is lifted. 
mm-hmm. and that that 2% is returned back to rural hospitals. Right. Uh, we need to lobby um, for reform mm-hmm. uh, in many areas. Uh, and in most cases, as you look at it, you know, there's going to have to be some, in my opinion, some lobbying done to stop these mergers and acquisitions that squeeze out mm-hmm. small hospitals. Mm-hmm. Because big hospitals get together in a geographical location, not even associated with each other. Michigan's mm-hmm. facing it right now. And thank God that they're under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. But there's a hospital in Michigan that's buying another hospital in Michigan, not even not even geographically right. connected. Right. And everything in between there is going to get squeezed out. That's their desire. Right. Okay, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Sherman Antitrust Act. Right. And those are the things that the it, government it needs to look at. It looks and smells a lot like price fixing. If it looks and smells like it, guess what it is? Right. And then those specific hospital systems own their own insurance companies. Right. So you get the, it's it's dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. It, it looks right. dirty. Right. And I'm not saying that their actions are mm-hmm. dirty. If, even if the goal is altruistic in the end, it doesn't necessarily no. mean that the way that you're going about it is, is right no. or is OK. No, it's conglomerates. And what it does is it squeezes out rural health. Now you're saying, well, JG, the only reason you're in rural health is, be, listen, I've had plenty of opportunities, as you have, mm-hmm. to go to bigger places, mm-hmm. to make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Mm-hmm. Because we have a passion for rural health. Right. And if we lose that passion, so goes 500 jobs immediately. But then so goes our community. Mm-hmm. We only have to look to communities not too far from us who lost their local hospital. Their education suffered. Mm-hmm. Their industries have suffered. Their downtown is shut down. Right. It's ugly. And mm-hmm. we and we, we can trace that in the majority of those communities where we look. So what is my goal in 2022 as we look forward to it in New Year mm-hmm. uh, is after we get our house in order, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. Get our leapfrog going, get our U.S. News and World Report awards, get our growth strategy in line, start building here is then to be the advocates Mm -hmm. for those who, you know, we have small hospitals, honest to God, Rachel, with 10, 15 days cash on hand. Right. They can't fly to Washington, D.C. Right. That Seriously, they don't have the wherewithal to do that. They're all taking pay cuts. Right. And so we've got to be their voice Mm -hmm. and we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can fly to Washington uh, on a hundred dollar trip, but in small rural hospitals, a hundred bucks it makes a difference, right? You know. And one of my colleagues, I said, "Are you doing anything for your staff?" You know, as a Christmas token, and she said, "JJ, I wished I could. Yeah. I'm going to try myself to make some food and bring it in. Mm-hmm. This is a hospital, a decent size, but they have nothing. Right? They're struggling, and so that's the reality of rural health. Mm-hmm. How do we advocate for them to keep them?" Keep jobs, keep the community sustainable and viable, uh, and 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 not allow the big conglomerates to squeeze them out. Because here's what right. happens: they squeeze you out. You're now driving further for your services. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay more money for your services. Mm-hmm. You're a number in a system, even if you get a number, mm-hmm. uh, and that's problematic. Right. And so, for all of those reasons, 2022 has never, in my opinion, looked brighter. Thank you for joining us for today's mini-sode. If you have a topic or issue you want us to cover on a future mini-sode, shoot us an email at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com. You can also find Hillsdale Hospital on Facebook and Instagram. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. You can also find us now on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel's at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow our podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by JJ Hodshire and Rachel Lott. 
audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.